This episode is brought to you by Alive. Now, Alive didn't pick me to give one of their testimonials about all of their awesome products, but I got an Alive phone. I got the service. I could have done that. What makes these people so much better than me? Yo, send me a phone. What's good? Anyway, listen to the testimonial about the great service and offers from Alive. You've heard from us, now hear what our customers have to say about Alive. Uh, at first I was reluctant to, to change phones. I've been with the other company for so long. And you know, old folks have difficulty with this new equipment. But the number of things I've been able to do on this phone with such ease. Then the, the first time I switched it to, to, to Alive, I went into the office and I was swarmed with young persons teaching me how to do this. They were so helpful. And anytime I had any problems, I'd go by there. Yeah, Mr. Christie, what you need, what you need? And they'd take care of me. But I, I master this. As old as I am, I still master this. You know, it's easy to work with. I never have to leave my home to go on the street to buy a phone guy. It's, it's so easy. I, I buy a plan and then it auto renews. I use my credit card. And for a person like me, I need to be run all over the place. I just sit right over and boop, boop, boop. And that's it. Alive has been a joy to work with. Alive. Believe in best. That money stacked tall, but only partially my focus. So compassionate, struggle hard for me to cope with. Do a lot for others, not for This is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors, and you logged on to 10thYearSeniors.com. I'm Draymond Green, foreign for the Golden State Warriors, and you log on to 10thYearSeniors.com. Wrapped up in for you. Kids grow up scars that are rubbed down with oil. In life, they changed a bit, but I can't grow apart. For those in my position, there man, it is. Redemption for Golden We was more blessed than others. We was the deepest family. Nobody had more cousins. The street lights were flicking. Welcome to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. This is Long Range Two Pointers. It is very rare that we are prompted to do an emergency pod on the NBA. The NBA is a long season. We got 82 games to play. We got months of playoffs basketball to go through. Listen, we had to get to this right away. Nah, it was it was popping now. What's beef, Tage? Beef is when I see you. This is exactly how Chris Paul and Blake Griffin felt. None of the, none of the other stuff. No, no two gats to go to sleep. None of that stuff. Just Yo, just ICU. when I see you, and that is first on our list. Clippers, Rockets, WTF, first bullet point, on site. Like, that's just clearly what it is. I feel like, and maybe the tensions were heightened because the Rockets were losing this game, but I feel like no matter what happened, Chris Paul had that conversation with his team heading into this game. Look, shit going down. Yeah, and it's funny too because when when he was on the Clippers, we heard for years that them dudes didn't like him. We always kind of wrote it off. I guess that's true. Uh, that's 100% true. Them <laughs> dudes didn't like him, and he clearly does not like them. So, naturally, things got a bit chippy over the course of the game. At one point, Chris Paul uh, fouled Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin complained about it and called Chris Paul a bitch. Then you had... Uh, who was it? It was Trevor Ariza practically ripping Blake Griffin's tights off. Pause. Yeah. And then uh, Blake Griffin ran into D'Antoni and D'Antoni told him to told him fuck him. He said, quote, fuck you. And then <laughs> uh, I, I can't even remember how Austin Rivers got involved in anything, but there was John 
between was it Ariza and Austin Rivers I or some shit like it that? Was everybody in Austin Rivers, Blake, he's talking shit the whole game. Blake Griffin walked over and he got ejected, and that just that just ratcheted up the whole thing. But I want to I want to start in, a, in perhaps an odd place with this story, but the Austin Rivers hate it's so palpable. Can you explain that? Like, why is Austin Rivers probably the most hated player on this roster? I think I understand. I think I have some perspective on this. I think the NBA is full of guys who worked from, from you know, from they were children to get to where they are, to get those contracts. And I'm pretty sure people see him as a daddy's boy. He's had it handed to him. You don't think that's a bit unfair, though? I mean, no. Austin Rivers is one of 400 people that have this job as an NBA player. Austin Rivers' dad didn't give that to him. Austin Rivers was a was a highly regarded recruit. He earned the right to go to Duke. Because it ain't like Doc went to Duke. He, he was, earned the right to go to Duke. He was a top 10 draft pick. Yeah, he earned the right to get drafted. And he's actually improved his game a lot over the last two years. He's a decent player, but you think Chris Paul sees it that way? I think the problem is bigger than Chris Paul. I don't think anybody sees it that way. Because remember in the offseason, who got into it with him? I think it was Big Baby. Yeah, it was Glenn Davis who said he was spoiled and he was kind of a jerk. So it's almost as if no matter what happens, unless Austin Rivers turns into Russell Westbrook, he's always going to have this shit covering uh, just his whole persona. Yeah, and even if you look at the circumstances in which he was brought to the Clippers, I think Boston traded for him from... New Orleans, and they were going to basically bury him in the D-League and, like, never bring him back. And his dad traded draft picks to get him back to the, to the Clippers. I mean, he's probably playing better than any of those draft picks probably would. But, I mean, I could see NBA players are a ridiculously competitive, salty bunch. So, I could see them looking at that. Like, that guy took a spot from somebody who really worked for it. Even if he did. Even as it. misguided as that is. But, but... I don't know. I think it's a combination of all of it. It's a combination of being... I mean, my God. You went to Duke. You play for your dad. You just got a new contract on a team that your dad runs. You play for Duke. Uh, You play for Duke. I mean, they were saying... From- you put the Duke thing like three times. I think him and Seth Curry didn't like each other at Duke. Like, he, he's maybe just he's just an asshole. That could just be it. Like, we could be trying to explain this away, but yeah. it could just be as simple as Austin Rivers may, might be an asshole. So, because he kind of became the lightning rod for this. It's something about these light-skinned niggas. Because it was him, and then obviously it was Blake Griffin. Because we know, we I think we know Blake Griffin and Chris Paul just weren't with the shits anymore. Yeah, and then, I mean, of course, we got Patrick Beverly always in the mix. Forever. What's a fight without Patrick Beverly? I can't believe I'm still sticking up for, for so many Clippers like this, but I always felt like this whole Blake Griffin is soft thing was another misguided thing, kind of like the Austin Rivers didn't earn his spot. Why do we think Blake Griffin's soft? Or like, what What is the evidence out there that Blake Griffin's a soft player other than people have just said it so much that it's it's become a narrative that's just out there? I don't know if he's soft so much as he had these battles with Zach Randolph, who nobody's soft, so he looks soft by comparison, maybe. Zach Randolph could have... A, who would not look soft compared to Zach Randolph? That's what I'm saying. So like, we, maybe David West? Yeah, like, that's the only person I could think of. And probably, like, James Johnson. Like, James Johnson? I mean, I don't know if... 
Zach Randolph is tougher than him, but James Johnson will fuck you up. Oh, no, up. no, no. Nobody wants it with James, James Johnson. Johnson let's, let's he just, will beat the shit out of you. Let's put that out there clearly. Like, <laughs> I don't care how tough any of these dudes is. James he Johnson will beat is... beat you. No, he's he's a trained black belt. Like, you don't want it with James Johnson. Did, did you hear him say how was in on... I think it was the Levitar show, how his dad punished him? Yeah, absolutely. Kids? They had to fight. They had to get in a ring and fight. They had to fight. But it, it's almost as if Chris Paul took that uh, Blake Soft kind of thing, and he... He ingratiated the entire Rockets team with that because they played that game like, you know what? We're getting to this nigga. Like, even if we don't win this game, we're getting to him. I mean, and also, who if you if you take a shot at Blake Griffin, who on that team is going to come back at you? Montrez Harrell? Like, I don't... Uh, probably. He went to Louisville. You trust them niggas? No. I don't trust nobody who went to Louisville. He got dread, so Josh uh, Smith don't trust him <laughs> anyway. And if, if Josh Smith don't trust you, you know, how much you trust? Yeah. So, okay, we danced around for, like, the first eight minutes. The most glaringly ridiculous part of this entire Clippers-Rocket saga. So, the game ends. Uh, Clippers win another game for some strange reason. Lou Williams, of course, the new Allen Iverson, goes off once again. That wasn't the end of it, Tage. No. So, people got ejected after Blake Griffin and Trevor Ariza started jawing at each other. When the clock struck zero, it was not the end of the story because we learned that the Rockets huddled up. They formulated a plan much in the same vein that Fred, Velma, Scooby-Doo, and Shaggy would. They said, let's split up. And they said... (laughs) (laughs) They sent Clint Capella as a Trojan horse. (laughs) Banged on the door. They sent Clint Capella as a Trojan horse to bang on the door... (laughs) Of the Clippers locker room. And as somebody opened the door, I'm going to imagine it was... I don't even know who was on the Clippers roster. I think roster. it was like some assistant coach or like some I'm going to say it was Montrez Harrell. So as Montrez Harrell opened... It was Dwayne Bacon. Statue, Wait, does he play for the Clippers? I have no idea who's on the Clippers roster. Me neither. I, that's I, why I, I thought they were still tanking. Wesley Johnson? Let's, let's okay. say Wesley Johnson. Okay, so Wesley Johnson opens the door, sees Clint Capella, slams it in his face. So everyone's turned and focused on, you know, who's banging on the Wait. door. We all already in here. Wait, is Clint Capella the guy to slam the door in his face? Yeah, Wesley Johnson did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Clint Capella's that guy, first he, of all. He's clearly that guy. And I want to ask, uh, did they make him do that job because he's foreign? Yeah, he's Swiss or like when they when they formulated the plan. First of all, whose plan do we think it was? It was Chris Balls. Okay, so <laughs> all the, no, it was Chris Balls. So he called the play in the huddle, right? So yeah. as Clint Capella bangs on the door of the Clippers locker room, Chris Paul, Trevor Ariza, James Harden, Gerald Green, who's been on this team for like ten minutes. And an injured James Harden rushed their way into a back door. Into a secret passageway that Chris Paul knew about. The back door at the end of a secret passageway that Chris Paul obviously knew about because of his because of his days in LA. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why? Did somebody say gang gang? What, uh, somebody had to say something at some point. Cause you know, it was Gerald Green. Nah, you know dudes was talking much tougher tougher than they were prepared to, to do anything about anyways. It was Gerald Green. Gerald Green said gang gang. So we have determined that this was clearly Chris Paul's plan. He got in the huddle and he called this play. Yes, he did. He's the point guard, always leading. And Clint Capella got to do the bullshit job because he's foreign. Yeah. Is it because... Of, but they here, don't want to get his visa revoked. Okay, but here's the thing though. Clint Capella's like what 6'10", 250-ish? He's a big ass guy. Why wouldn't you take him amongst the fighters? 
I don't. Maybe he. Maybe he just not about that life. He's a Swiss. They're do, neutral. Do, facts. Big facts. Do you think <laughs> before they went on this mission? Do you think Chris Paul selected who was going to go through the secret passageway and bust their way into the locker room like you would pick a team? Uh, on an open run in the gym. Do you think he went like you, 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 and you? Well, I think Ariza has to go just because he's the glue guy. He yeah. holds everything together. He's he from it. LA. I feel like his, his face sh- is good. Yeah, and he's from LA, and he probably knows some guys in the stands. Just in case something real, real pops off, you need a nigga from LA who can make a call. They may or may not wear red bandanas. Hmm. Maybe. May or may not. May or not. So you got to go with him. Okay, fine. You got, you got, so Ariza was Chris Paul's first pick. In his uh, his locker room secret passageway Scooby Doo fight plan draft. James Harden also from LA gang gang. I think that's the only reason he goes because you don't want James Harden really getting in a. That's fight. what I'm saying though. Like I feel here's my here's my theory on that. I don't feel like Chris Paul picked James Harden. I feel I like feel like he thought this was bigger than that, and he didn't want James Harden there at all. But James Harden said, "You know what? I getting in this. I got nothing to do." That was him being leader guy. Oh, that was him being leader guy. Like I'm, the leader. he wanted to show equal parts leadership that Chris Paul was showing. Yeah, he wanted to show a united front. So he said, "I will go on this mission too. I'm not gonna do anything. If something happens, I have people I could call, and we could really make this a thing." They usually hang James Harden's jerseys in places where he sees the united front. <laughs> Rimshot. Rim <laughs> Okay, so they got those two. Who else was in there? Uh, Gerald oh, Green. and Gerald Green, because well, Gerald Green's just a fighter. Well, he's from Houston. And um, one thing about people from Texas, like, they don't have Wi-Fi or internet or anything. They just stand around all day and just throw knuckles all day. So so you, you need Gerald Green just in case, like, you really have to fight. You know what I mean? He's, he's doing the fight. Plus, he just got on a team, so I think he wants to earn, like, his spot. I was about to say, and this is because Gerald Green uh, bounces around. He plays for, like, two teams a year, and he's always super effective for, like, a week or two, maybe for, like, a month-long stretch. Like, Gerald Green has legit been a rocket for, like, eight days. Remember when I, um... And he was all about this life in this fight. Remember when we played for the Ravens? Yes. And... My first game, we got in a big fight, and I was in the front smiling. Yes. Because I was happy to be on the team, and I wanted to prove myself as a teammate. You were Gerald Green in the I moment. Was, yeah, Gerald Green was me. And oh, so you, you kind of you kinda can lend some insight into the psyche what goes on. Yeah, there. he was on the team. He's He was on his hometown team with Chris Paul and James Harden. They have, uh, a, they have how, a shot. How do you think the other players in the locker room feel who were not selected uh, to be a part of Chris Paul's Expendables mission? Ryan Anderson, get in the bus. Why didn't take Eric Gordon? He Bahamian. I mean, you gotta take the Bahamian. Why didn't take him? He could at least say like, uh, "Y'all, let's be joking." Carry a cunny. There's a litany of phrases that I'm sure he picked up over the course of coming here that he could have used in this. I'm pretty sure he would have found a rock in always the Clippers' locker room. Yeah, like Staples Center ain't got no rocks, but the Bahamian would have just walked around with one for the no. The Bahamian would have had a rock or a bottle or a bottle. Uh, a, a glass bottle too. They don't even have glass bottles in California. He would, he would have just had one. He would have just had one. It was just magically going to be Guinness or Kalei. Like, it didn't even matter. Yeah, so I, you you need a Bahamian in a fight. <laughs> Who else is on this roster that that probably feels some kind of way that they weren't taken? Nene Hilario. 
Oh my god! Who you does? know what? No, he probably Danny Glovered it though. I feel like he's um, too old for this shit. Just had to get nah, because I think he has he does like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or some shit. No, too, I man. know Nene is really about it. Yeah, but I feel like he kind of young boy them with this shit. Like I'm not this this ain't real. Like if this was some playoff stuff that was happening and I was getting into it, I would be about that. I would be on the front lines. But y'all clowning around. I, mean, I go. I'm about to go do some stuff in LA. That is that is a waste of his. Energy. I mean, because yeah. I feel like if you want to get Nene in a fight, like you, like he he's gonna fight for real. Uh, Luke Rashad Mamute. I feel like you gotta always take African work ethic though. He's from War Torn Cameroon. He's playing for the Rockets again. I don't know. I I googled it. He's here. is it is it Rockets or Clippers? Which side is he on? I feel like he always plays for Dark Rivers, bro. I think he went with the he went with Chris Paul. Oh, okay. Is he all right? So here's something else I wanted to get into. What the Yo, hell is this passage actually used Hold on. For? They didn't take P.J. Tucker. See, I feel like P.J. Tucker said, you know what? I'm on another level from this stuff. I'm not getting involved in this because if I get involved, it's serious then. Like, y'all go because y'all playing around. I feel like P.J. Tucker is going to be like an Aaron Hernandez case. Like, he's going to really shoot somebody. Come like, on, Aaron- dog. Don't put that on P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker is not the one. I mean, Aaron Hernandez, like, murdered people and then committed suicide. Okay, yeah, that's Can we scale it down a little bit? Could we, like, at least Zach Randolph or Charles Oakley or David Westham, like, make him an enforcer and not a murderer? Mike Scott. Who is still playing? He must have naked pictures of somebody. I don't understand how he's still in the league. Of Donald Trump? I don't know. (laughs) How is he still playing? He got his charges dropped, too. I know. I was so, I was so surprised. It's funny that we even brought him up because I just learned that he was still playing two weeks ago. I I read, I think I I shared in a group when he got his charges dropped and I was like, how? Did they not, did he have like AKs in his trunk or something? Well, he wanted all the smoke and clearly the Rockets did as well. But yeah, what else was this passage used for in Staples Center? I don't know. Like that's what I that's what I was wondering when they bought it out. Like did they did like Chris Paul go in the back there? And, did like, the Lakers use this as well, or do do the Clippers? They are, is this a special Clippers secret passage that you can only get through with Donald Sterling's racism card? I don't know. Like is there like uh like did they have separate locker rooms in Staples? Like did Kobe use it to go like give shoes to Adidas guys or something? I don't. Did Carl Malone use it to hunt little Mexican girls? I mean, I just really want to know what the secret passageway was used for. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. I feel like Rick Fox used to sneak some uh, some things in there. I could see that. Don't watch nothing. So, what's the fallout from all of this? I mean, this is a really fun story. I enjoy the hilarity of it because we know when they got in the locker room, they didn't actually fight. I mean, the police were called. You know, security broke it up. Ain't nothing happened. They was just pushing and shoving and talking all that junk. But you know, I ain't nobody not- trying to hurt nobody. You know, I knew nothing was gonna happen because they didn't take PJ Tucker. Yeah, I've, we just named the. Listen, they didn't take mm-hmm. African work ethic, Luke Rashad and Bob Mute. If he's even on this team, we still don't know. But we're gonna just toss that out there. They didn't take Nene, and they didn't take PJ Tucker. I feel like those are your your best assets getting into a fight. Well, Luke Rashad, he went to UCLA, so he probably has some bitches he wanted to catch up with. Facts. I mean, it is a night out in LA. I feel like the rest of these dudes was just trying to hurry up and get ready. Yeah, like Nene, he probably. You know what I mean? Too old for this. Like, PJ Tucker, like, when you don't take PJ Tucker, I feel like you just, you're not really going to fight. You, you're you just going to stick your chest out. No more parties in LA? Yeah. Speaking of not really going to fight, um, Ben Simmons didn't think they were really going to fight. I think Ben Simmons is ready. So let's set this up. On, and 
On Malcolm Luther King Day, by the way, a day that's supposed to be filled with peace and love and the prosperity of the black man and progressiveness, it was just beef all over the NBA. That's crazy. But anyway, so towards the end of the Philly-Toronto game, uh, Philly had the game in hand and him and, uh, sorry, Ben Simmons and Kyle Lowry got into it. Nobody's really sure why they got into it it didn't seem like anything stood out on the court it wasn't glaringly obvious like like clippers rocket shit but um so as they're walking away they both get they both got ejected i think right yeah both and of them. as they're walking away parting ways ben simmons points to the hallway to tell kyle lowry meet me out in the hallway kyle lowry sprints to the hallway like does a full sprint doesn't acknowledge any of his teammates and coaching staff because all he wants to do is get to the hallway. Bear in mind, this is a day when Kyle Lowry, earlier that day, just gave Villanova a million dollars. And I think he was also honored by some writers in Philadelphia for his philanthropy and for being such an all-around great person. How do you book in that day? By threatening to beat up a rookie's ass. He's still a nigga from Philly. That's the most perfect analysis that's ever been offered on this platform. I mean, he might, you know what I mean? He might be honored by his hometown writers, and he might, he might have given Villanova a million dollars, but at the end of the day, he's still a nigga from Philly. And I, I don't, he's not the one. Kyle Lowry looked too ready to fight, man. Like, he was so ready. He was so ready to fight, but I'll tell you what, though. I said to myself, no rookie could ever be as ready as Kyle Lowry looked running back there to go to the hallway. Until I watched the Ben Simmons post-game presser. Why Ben looks so ready? He's an Aussie. He was agitated by them even asking him about it. Like, he started to become indignant. Like, why? Like, why? Ben, ben was like, nah, nobody was back there. Who do you think is lying, though? Because Kyle Lowry said, I was back there. I waited. Ben saying nobody was back there. There's no way they could miss each other. I've been in NBA arenas. You ain't missing somebody in the hallway. There are big signs that says, you know, the mascot of the team and then the locker room. You can't miss it. So you know where everyone's locker room is. Who do you? Whose word do you take in this? I got to go with OG Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe the security guards escorted Ben to the locker room after Kyle ran out. I don't know. But I feel like, like I don't feel like I feel like Kyle Lowry wouldn't lie. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if Ben if Ben really wanted to smoke like yeah. he he had a he had a moment Ben Ben had a moment he got excited he got worked up but I feel like Kyle like I don't know like I feel like Kyle Lowry is not the one. I I'm feel- interested for where part two of this goes because even after the game Kyle Lowry was like they asked him what was up with the whole thing and in reference to Ben Simmons he said I don't know uh, he thinks he's somebody. Well, I mean, he's kind of like the next LeBron's. He's probably somebody. Well, Ben Simmons is a nigga from Philly. He's a Philly nigga. He's like the I mean, Kyle LeBron. Lowry is. Yeah. And I, mean, I mean, Ben Simmons is kind of like, he puts up like LeBron numbers in his first season. So he, yeah. I mean, he's kind of is somebody. I mean, no disrespect, Kyle Lowry. His career trajectory is trending higher than yours. I think he, he's just trying to son the rookie. He's going to humble him. Like, when you I, absolutely have to. Like, And that's the thing, though. Um... If a rookie points to the hallway and says, meet me in the hall, 
as a vet, you gotta go. You gotta you gotta Jerry Stackhouse him. You gotta you gotta do uh Jerry Stackhouse did to Kirk Snyder, you gotta meet him in the hall and whoop his ass. This is what I'm saying though. This is why does Kyle Lowry actually have to do that the next game? Because as it stands, it appears to everybody that this was some sort of draw. And as a veteran in this league, do you not have to impose your will over the rookie, even though he's more physically imposing than you? This is why the Raptors shouldn't have traded P.J. Tucker. <laughs> you just feel like P.J. Tucker should be a mercenary just fighting around the world. Like this, Russell Crowe in that episode of South Park. This, <laughs> this wouldn't have happened if P.J. Tucker was still in, on the Raptors. Nothing would. No. Let's get let's get to more beef that came out uh, on the greatest of great MLK days. This next beef is an entire team was involved in this. This is the Cavs beef. The Cavs versus them goddamn selves. I mean, it's been like this since LeBron got back there. I mean, he, he's been in the middle of the beef. He fired, uh, what's his name, the Russian coach? Uh, Blatt. Yeah, David Blatt. He got him about it. What does he do now? I don't know. He's back in Europe. I feel like that nigga sells insurance or something. I don't know. What does he do? He's probably back in Europe. I'll look yeah. it up. But um, I mean, he got Kyrie Irving out of there. Like, I think. So Rich- look, it's been it's been a season of ebb and flows for the Cavs, right? Because they started started pretty horribly, and then they went on like I think it was like a twelve thirteen game win streak, and everybody's like, you know what? It's fine. False alarm. This team still has LeBron. If you have LeBron, you're in the Eastern Conference. You are going to the finals. And then they just started dropping games by like thirty pieces. Oh, David Black coaches. I can't even pronounce this. Is it the Turkish League? Oh. Daris Faka. Oh. Whatever. Turkish League. Not important. So they started dropping losses in the most embarrassing fashion possible. Like one after the other after the other. You know what it reminded me of? The kind of streak of losses that the Suns had earlier this season that prompted Eric Bledsoe to go to the hair salon and said, I don't want to be here. Like they would get the Cavs were getting blown out like every night. That's a rough comparison because I mean the Suns is a lottery team for yeah. a lottery team rebuilding. The this, Cavs looked like a lottery team for the last week and a half. This is terrible. They have the best player in the world, and he's still playing like the best player in the world, and they're losing games. So all I waited for, and being people that take in NBA media at a unhealthy rate, we knew it was coming. This is how we know it's real. The classic locker room schism story. And we finally got it with the Cavs. Are they having a team meeting? So now what comes next is the players only team meeting. And then the trade demands. I love I love watching this whole thing play out. So apparently in the classic schism story, uh, a key element to that is you have to have faceless, nameless players or GMs discussing the state of the team. And that's what happened here with the Cavs. So Channing Fry, who you think was talking? It's Channing Fry. I think he was. Uh, he was a little pissy since they traded his man Richard Jefferson to bring in Dwayne Wade. You gonna go after OG Channing Fry like that? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Channing Fry. Um, I can't think who else would talk. Like you think you think Jeff Green would say anything? Uh, I think uh Rich Paul said something. Well, yeah, of course. I think this story was... I think every story around the Cavs is completely generated by LeBron's team because they seek to control the narrative. I mean, I feel like Channing Fry is a perfect candidate. <laughs> no, because he's a veteran. Why wouldn't he just talk about it on their podcast? 
You know, him and Richard Jefferson got that podcast on uh, Undisputed. I know they were salty. I know Dwayne Wade wouldn't say anything bad about LeBron. Oh, God, no. Like, they peanut butter and jelly. Gay. <laughs> we're okay with gay people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're cool. Jeff Green is not going to say anything. He's happy to be in the league. Like Uncle Jeff has been the best pickup they had this year. Like, J.R. Smith, he can't... He, he's about as accurate as Blake Bortles. He's not going to say anything. Like, <laughs> no. It has to be Channing Frye. He's a veteran. He won a championship. He doesn't care. It's got to be him. Or, so, Rich, or Rich Paul. And, I mean, it's weird that this came after a loss to the Warriors. Because even in the best of times, y'all still losing to the Warriors anyway. Like, this, <laughs> like that was the loss to the Warriors, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, and it's not like... I mean, it's not like they went out and got better. They got worse. They traded a second-best player for a much... More yeah. inferior player who's oh. also hurt. Right. So let's listen to this quote from unnamed league source because this we've been slacking because we really need to start writing these unnamed sources type articles about like we gotta we gotta write an article saying uh, like Shawnee is pledging allegiance to another country. An unnamed source said like let's just start tossing this shit out there. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. I mean, they didn't. Uh, Cleveland dot com didn't have to verify this, so. A league source said, rotations are awful. IT is so much worse than Kyrie defensively, it's insane. I feel like everyone knew that. That's I mean, you know, they brought him in. There is not a great feeling anywhere. They need to limp into the all-star break and get away from each other. That's LeBron. LeBron said that. (laughs) That's not like, that's not Rich Paul. That's a direct quote from LeBron James. Like, like get me away from all of these people who are horrible at basketball. He's going to Miami for like... The rest of the year? (laughs) Yeah. He's going to Miami until April. Get think he's saying Dion Waiters got hurt? Like, plug me in there. Get a five. I mean, no, he's going to go to his house in Miami and do yoga. I just got to get back to that heat culture. I feel like that's what that's that's what LeBron's saying right now. I don't know if Dwayne Wade just didn't get a stripper right now. So who thought this would work, right? Like, and you're... I'll let you elaborate more on this. Basically, you swap Kyrie Irving, a top five guard in the league, at least, for somebody who is not as good of a scorer and is way worse defensively and certainly not the facilitator Kyrie Irving is who thought that was going to work I don't know I guess they figured we have LeBron whatever yeah dog I mean that's the kind of attitude that caused him to leave Cleveland in the first place right I mean do we have LeBron is his contract not up this year yeah yeah, yeah he is but I mean okay they should have held on to Kyrie Irving I don't I'll- care I like to defend both both sides of the argument, right? And I hate Don Gilbert. I don't even like Cleveland's front office. But I feel like... You don't like Kobe? Kobe? <laughs> None of them. I feel like they actually made a legit attempt to put some semblance of a team around LeBron this time to make a run because they had to. They took some big swings. And the shit is, they missed on... All of them. No, and it's really looking at Jay Crowder play with in Boston. It's hard to say that he couldn't come here and be a viable piece alongside LeBron because LeBron makes everything better. You couldn't predict that he would stink. You you couldn't predict. Hey, you move away from Brad Stevens and you ain't gonna flourish like that. Even with LeBron giving you the ball, except for Kelly Olynyk, he seems to be doing okay. He looks like Gucci. Oh no, I was thinking about Kelly Oubre. Oh no. But um, White nah. dude, Miami. I mean, Heat culture. So you, I mean, I I thought. I mean, I heard people saying that Jay Crowder was gonna do good, and I I mean, I like to joke about him sucking. But Jay I, Crowder be getting a lot of burn on our LR two P pods. Yeah, I know, but I I thought he'd been better than he was. I mean, J R Smith, like how how many open shots has he missed this season? Every time I that's, watch, 
that's the thing though. You have two people that were key members of this rotation for this championship run that completely disintegrated. Like, I don't know what Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith do anymore in life. Not just production on the basketball court. Tristan Thompson gets Kardashians pregnant. That's what he does. Well, he should just retire right now. No, he's done. Like, is the clock ticking before he's found in a Vegas brothel inches away from, you know, A crack pipe? (laughs) (laughs) A crack pipe. (laughs) He just wants to go back to L.A. (laughs) Or the orange is away from that. But I'm, I'm saying, like, so you have that one, right? And you take some big swings in free... You know what? When Jeff Green was your pans out to be a best free agent signing, there's something horribly wrong with that because you can't compete with the Warriors like that. They took the big chance on Derrick Rose, who obviously does not want to play basketball anymore. Like, I saw it could be, man, because he, like... He's able. I Like, I get... I You know what? Now I'll even blame him, babe, because if you ain't mentally into your job... There's no way you're going to push yourself to do it. And he's just not into it anymore. I just feel like he's had enough of the limelight, the ridicule, the spotlight. I feel like he just wants to go and live the rest of his life. And he has enough money for him to be able yeah. to do that. Like, he has so that, much That money. dude is cool. Do not cry for Derrick Rose. He's going to be fine. They allowed LeBron to convince them to get Dwayne Wade because LeBron loves playing with old players. I don't know why. He's so stupid. He's such a bad GM. What did they think Dwayne Wade was going to be? Yes, you're going to see a flash once every two games, or you might see him have, like, 18 points off the bench or something like that, and you might see him do a play that reminds you of the Heat run. But the reason he's not that player anymore is he can only summon that once a week. I think it's funny because the Heat was, they were like, nope. (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) Do you remember how much we made fun of Dwayne Wade that last season in Miami? Yeah. But he insisted on his $25 million and they he, were going to give him 20 out of respect for who he was. He couldn't get around anybody. He would take two dribbles and pump fake and try to draw people into a foul. Like, that's all he did. It got a little better in Chicago, but not appreciably better to the point where you thought he was going to be a major contributor here in Cleveland. Chicago got rid of him outright. They they sent him home, didn't they? I, 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 they sent him home outright. They were like, bye. Like, just leave, please. We'll pay you. Saying all that, right? It's crazy. And this is the thing that brings it full circle. Does any of it matter in the East? No, they're going to win the East. (laughs) Boston can't beat them. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care how good Jason Tatum is playing. Kyrie Irving could win MVP. Boston cannot beat them in a seven-game series. Like, that's not going to happen as long as LeBron is LeBron. I love exercises in futility and how we just have to continuously feed the beasts of the 24-hour news cycle. This okay. could be a 1-8 matchup. They could fall to 8 and Boston could get a 1. They will beat Boston in five games. We could say all of this shit about the Cavs that we want all season and they could lose like 40 games in a row. As long as they sneak into the playoffs as that eight seed, we still believe they can win because they have LeBron. Yeah. Our last beef on the list was beef. The entire employee base of the of the NBA, all of the players against the refs. It's the NBA civil war. That's that's basically what this is. So. This year, it seems like there's been an uptick in high-profile ejections. Uh, players are getting teed up for next to nothing. They are vocal about it. Uh, basically, every single night, you'll see a story about some player complaining about the refs. Um, it, and it's a thing now because this is a league where, of course, the players have 
a strong voice. The players have power, and when they say things, you will be forced to listen. It's not like it's the NFL or anything. What do you? Th- what What's your take on this whole thing? Because I don't re- ever remember it being a a, a, a schism this obvious. And it, it is kind of weird too because I think we have more marketable and likable guys than ever. Like, and this isn't like the '90s where we had goons and and like like the league was just full of Zach Randolph types. Yeah. So this is this is kind of weird. I mean. I don't even know. This is so weird. I feel like... I mean, I've been in situations playing with refs where it looks like the refs are there to put on a show. Or they're there to show you up as a player. So, I don't know. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe refs are jealous of the player's voice. The voices they have. Do you do you think uh, the players ha- have a point? Is it... Are they right in the sense that referees are trying to make the game about them? Referees are, are trying to show them up. And it, it's a situation where... The referees want to be seen as bigger than the game. Like, they're taking having control over the game too far. Maybe Because a, they want to decide it, not just have control over it. Maybe it's like a backdoor negotiation thing that's going on behind the scenes that we even know about with the refs union. That could be it. Maybe they're trying to show the league that, look, you need us. You can't have a game without us. We can still do this. I don't know. Like, this is bizarre. And now that's the biggest story because if that's going on, then you jeopardize the entire integrity and outcome of the product on the floor because a union dispute is pretty much deciding games. Basically. I what? mean, that's the kind of thing I feel like that could that could cripple the NBA. I think D'Angelo Russell got he got kicked out of a game because he was on the bench. He, he, was, he was on the bench. D'Angelo Russell was in street clothes. He was on the bench. He clapped after uh, a Nets player got tangled up. And eventually they called a foul on him, and he just clapped sarcastically, and he got teed up for that. Like it, it's it's ridiculous. Remember how, remember how insane everybody thought it was that that um, Joey Crawford gave Tim Duncan that tech when he was on the bench. I think he's on the bench like making faces. Yeah, well that's commonplace now. Like that'll happen. I don't I don't even know what to say. Like it has to be like some behind the scenes labor. That's the only way. This makes sense because this is ridiculous. Would you say it must be some backdoor policy? Yeah. All the backdoors are in Staples Center. <laughs> That's how we end it. I don't know what beef is. Puffy didn't know what beef is on the track with Biggie. The entire NBA knows what beef is. And apparently it happens on MLK Day. Can't we all just get along? Nope. We should play like a Martin Luther King speech. To, to ride up. Ah, oh, this has been long range two pointers. The NBA is so much fun. I can't wait for more people to fake fight. No need to get ready when you stay ready. That money stacked tall, but only partially my focus. So compassionate, struggle hard for me to cope with. Do a lot for others, not for credit or to soak in. But to have an impact on direction that they go in. Grounded by the roots, hooked to the soil. Recognize the rumble that we in, yeah, it's royal.